Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hicklin, and we are back with another episode of Locked On Texans, your favorite Texans talking news update, where you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and subscribe to the podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms. Along with that will be Google Podcast, Stitcher, Megaphone, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. And this football season will be a little bit different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through the game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans, like you and I, like the entire world, especially after Thursday night football game, we're the real generational town of that Pepsi fuels, right? We don't go out there on the field. We may not catch passes, but we are the passionate fans. And because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch the game. Pepsi, made for football watching. Without further ado, a lot's going on. B. Scott, Will Fuller, Bradley Roby. What we going to do moving forward in the last five games? Going to talk on it. Welcome back to the show. Man, I've been saying it all week, fam. Life comes at you fast, real fast. I mean, think about it. Just a week ago, a little over a week ago now, or we could just say a week ago, it's Friday. We was coming off a Thanksgiving beatdown of the Lions. Will Fuller was out there looking like a bona fide number one receiver, had a huge game, back-to-back touchdowns in what seemed like a matter of just a few minutes, thanks to a couple of amazing plays. Uh, the second one, really, that stood out, you know, and we all we all know about that, have talked about that. Um, and then Bradley Roby, how many times do we have to point out that this is the only guy that we that that you can really trust in coverage to 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 lock down his man? Um, like, and the difference between Bradley Roby and the next guy being so significant. So it's bad enough to get one player to test positive and be down for the rest of the year. It's a whole nother thing for that one player to be your number one guy at a certain position group. It's even worse to get two players to get popped for something like this. But then for both of those players to be the number one guy in their respective position groups, it's a big deal as far as like how this season is going. Like you could argue that, you know, what does it matter anyway? What are they playing for? But, just in terms of the entertainment value and wanting to watch competent football and wanting to have something to root for with the Texans, these are two of the players that matter, that, that, that factor into that. And, and without them, it's, it's a tough watch, I think. More so with Roby, I'm, I'm really interested to see what the offense does without Fuller. I think it can still be good. I just don't know what that looks like exactly. But – but this is a huge letdown, you know. Now, one thing that stood out to me, I'll say, was that no one really seemed that surprised. Like, caught off guard, sure. Like, you know, caught off guard, like, out of nowhere. But for whatever reason, in football, it seems like 
it seems like there's this understanding or, or, or acceptance that that, that that might be around the corner for any one player because uh, of all the different stuff that these guys put in their bodies, man. You know, you talked about the suspension of Bradley Roby. In your opinion, how much of a – of a letdown is it for Bradley Roby to be suspended? Because, you know, I take a look at Will Fuller and Roby. And, of course, the loss of both of those guys is really, really bad. But, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, you still have Deshaun Watson. There's still Brandon Cooks. We're finally about to see what Kiki QT is really made of, you know. But on defense, especially take a look at our corners, where do the Houston Texans go from here? Could you take a look at Sunday when we go up against the Indianapolis Colts? I get it. T.Y. Hilton is not the guy he was, let's say, two, three years ago, but he can still cause some damage if you don't have a solid corner covering him. And as of right now, you know, you take a look at the fact that Roby's not here. Gary on Conley is not here. Are we stuck with Vernon Hargraves as our top cornerback? Yeah, man. Hey, Cody, I remember you asking about that, like as far as the top corner and when you asked Romeo about it, and he didn't really want to tip his hand in that regard. Mm-mm. But the, the truth is actually worse than that because truth of the matter is that there is no top corner. You know, there's been a running joke, right, you know, for the last few days on Sports Radio 610 that the Texans don't have any corners. You know, kind of similar to how the Broncos played against the Saints without a quarterback, kind of like that. The idea is that they don't even have no corners. Now, that, that, that's, you know, we're being hyperbolic. We, we, they are corners, but it's just hard to really believe in. Um, one thing I am interested to see as far as how they play it is whether Keon Crossan gets more snaps than Philip Gaines did the last time that this happened, or I should not, this has not happened, but the last time Bradley Roby missed a game, I should say, which was just a few weeks ago against Jacksonville, and that had to do with a disciplinary issue. But when that happened, Philip Gaines got pretty much all of the snaps. Now, whenever we saw Keon crossing in spots in the last few weeks, it seems like there might be something there. Like, it's discouraging that if he is a better cornerback, that he hasn't gotten more snaps anyway. But I want to see how they play that. Is it still going to be the Philip Gaines show? Because, like, Vernon Hargraves, you mentioned him. Yeah, I mean, is he going to be – I guess he's your number one corner, but he's the one He's the one you know is going to play. I'm interested to see how they're going to do with those guys that we don't know whether they should be on the field at all. And you could argue that about Hargraves himself. But Philip Gaines, Keon Crossan, why is John Reed not playing? Will, will he ever see the – will he see the field – more as time goes on in this season. I want to see that. So, I mean, it's a big experiment right now for the most part, Cody. I don't have no answers for you, man. They they just got to go out there and show it to us. And since it's an experience, uh, experiment, we have to look at the experiment of the first-year D.C. Anthony Weaver. Uh, in the yep. last two weeks, I mean, his defense has put out some great performances after – nine weeks of just basically getting crapped on from every team that they play. I mean, a rookie quarterback in Jacksonville put up 300 plus yards. Let's not forget that. His play calling and and, and scheme is going to be very important on Sunday. What are some of the areas you're looking at him to attack when they go up against the Indianapolis Colts? Like, are we going to see Lonnie Johnson be more of a, uh, move around safety 
like we've been seeing. Is he going to play high up? Or is he going to bring? Is he going to be able to come bring him down in the box? Uh, play tighter in. What are we going to see from Anthony Weaver play calling wise on Sunday? In your humble opinion. Yeah, I think your question is an interesting one, especially because they don't have Bradley Roby. You know, I think that throws a wrinkle into the answer. Um, you know, for me, I, I would think that they would do more of what they've been doing. You know, some of these DB blitzes, a lot of these safety blitzes from, you know, double edge from both edge. You know, I, I've, I've really liked that. I noticed they tried to do that a little bit earlier in the season, went away from it, came back to it, and it looks like it's looking good. Um, but but honestly, you know, Phillip Rivers is getting rid of the ball quick, you know, so I, I, that's why I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned about the coverage. Um, but the adjustment is going to be key here because they have to adjust for not having Bradley Roby. Um, and, and as far as pass rush goes, you know, I, I'm not sure how much is going to be there. Now, Indy's banged up on the offensive line a little bit. What's that going to look? How's that going to factor in? I think there's a lot of variables that go into this. I do like what Weaver has done the last few weeks. When you talk to the players, they'll tell you about just simplifying things and and allowing them to kind of just make plays and to do less. And I think they're going to continue to do that because we've seen how it's affected them mentally. Justin Reed talked about it too, just outthinking himself, outthinking the game. So – I suspect that they're going to kind of keep it simple. Um, they talk about a lot of respect for the Colts and how they do that same thing, of keeping it, just keeping things simple, of being really good at what you do, being real disciplined at what you do, without trying to be – you know, there was a lot of talk, John. You remember, there's a lot of talk about being exotic early on in the year. Oh, he's going to be exotic. Well, in some ways that's good. In some ways, you know, if you ain't got the players for that, you know, it, it might not be the, necessarily the best thing. Um, but I think they found something in the athletes that they have and in the safeties, um, particularly in Lonnie. And Justin Reed is just an, uh, generally a good football player, um, and they tapped into that. But but simplifying things, I think, has helped them, um, especially when you listen to the players talk about it. Yeah, the Texans have been as exotic as a Dominican in New York. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing that's. You're not sticking out anywhere. You're. You're not. You're not as special as you. You think you are. Um, right. But we have to. You know. Let's go ahead and move on to the next segment. We're going to talk about more of what the Houston Texans have going on on Sunday and this entire week of just craziness uh, from your Houston Texan team. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman, our guy, our brother, our cousin, Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16 here with us today. Brandon, would you like to see Romeo Cannell make that change and put Lonnie Johnson Jr. back at corner so at least he'll have another I don't want to say solid because he hasn't been that solid as a corner as he as he has been ever since they made that change with him as a safety. But Lonnie Johnson has looked good ever since they switched him. But because that position is now so weakened with Bradley Roby not here, they, they have to do something. Yeah, I don't think it would hurt the team to try it as bad as they are at corner. I don't think it would hurt the team, but their concern from when we talk to them, the coaches, is that it would hurt Lonnie and his development and safety, and they clearly like him 
at safety or at the very least his potential at safety. And so since they feel like they found something there, they don't want to mess with that. But when you look at the corner position, we've said it already, it's a desperate situation. So I don't think it could hurt the team, even if he was bad. Like, even if he if they tried it and it didn't work, I don't think it could hurt him any because, I mean, what the hell else they got going on, you know? So from that perspective, from a team perspective, I'd be interested to see it. But from them, we've heard the reasons why they're reluctant to do it. Um, one thing about it I'll say is that Lonnie, from hearing him talk, really felt like, and he's not complaining, you know, to be clear, but he really felt like he came in to this season ready to play corner. Like he put in a lot of work, a lot of work on his footwork and technique. And like, I mean, if you follow him on social media, you see he was always posting videos of some type of footwork, some type of drills that he was doing. He was really working toward being a better corner as if he knew and understood that his rookie season wasn't good enough, especially as a second round pick. And so then the, to turn around and then it turned out, well, he's going to be a safety. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I'd imagine that's got to be a shock to the system for Lonnie. And I, I, I'm trying to understand what it means or what to make of it as far as what it means for his standing as a corner. I, I wanted to ask this, actually. I wanted to ask this of, of Anthony Weaver, but we got into other things. But I'm very curious as to whether – Lonnie's move to safety had more to do with his potential at safety or more to do with them not believing him, believing in him as a cornerback. Like which does the ledger, where does it go in which direction more, you know? Um, and I don't know if I have the answer. That's a great question. Um, yeah. It got to be because you they leave it up to that corner. Yeah, I think if you if you will leave it up to what we were seeing on the field and still understanding that he's a, a high second round pick from last year and has talent, but what you saw in him at corner just wasn't working out. And to be fair, I mean, he had moments where he had to go up against Travis Kelsey, right? I mean, he had moments where he was kind of thrown in. When you look at what he what he was able to do last year, it was maybe easier for him outside of the playoff game because you still had Gary on and Bradley Roby on the outside. So they still had talent to play around them this year, uh, no off season. So you really didn't have the, the preseason to get better and have coaches see you in the preseason so they can work with you and get better. It, it really was unfair. And so I would think they didn't believe in what he could do at cornerback right now, at least. And also maybe he was just suited more, especially with his talents at safety. So I can look at it as a twofold. I would rather have him at safety than cornerback. I'll say that because he struggled a lot at corner, whereas at safety you can use his size and his speed and move him around a little bit, and it helps the defense more than if he would just be stuck playing safety. I mean, cornerback. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and I, I think you know being a being a safety obviously allows him to use his instincts better. That's one of the things I've been trying to get a beat on is what. What are his football instincts? Uh, because he's playing corner, so that's a very specific role. So you don't necessarily get that. I mean, corners can, can can you know jump routes and things like that as well. But you know the issue with him at corner was was what he he had bad feet and and it made him handsy and grabby, and so he was getting penalties and and you know whether he was getting penalties or getting beat, it just did not look smooth, right? So uh, I mean. 
at safety, I'm gonna be honest, like I don't feel like he's looked great at safety, but I'll give Anthony Weaver some credit in the sense of how they've used it. They've really played to his strength. Like he's had some moments, you know, where it's like I you know, where I question those instincts, even though I don't question how tough of a football player he is. I mean, he's an athlete, big, strong, fast, and I love that, you know, but I wanna see what that like do do your instincts improve is that just reps experience you know i'm very interested to see how that works out at safety and I, I agree with you as far as moving back to corner it just did not look good like i said earlier i don't think it would hurt them even if they did it just like, it's weird to me that they value so much versatile players <laughs> they value versatile players so much but then you got a guy that you move you moved him out of position and decided that he's a safety now, and now you're talking about you can't move him back to his natural position? Like, I get the logic in you don't want to mess up the flow, but you, you it would be moving him back to a position that he's actually already more familiar with because that's the position that he plays. Like, if anything, the adjustment is playing safety. So... I don't really understand. I, I, I kind of poke a little bit of hole in the logic in that, or, or even maybe even the how sincere that is. Um, and, I, and I hate to do that, but it just it's, it's just odd to me. And then you got Eric Murray, who I, I know used to be a corner, but, but you effectively have a safety playing corner and a corner playing safety, and it just looks like a cluster. You know what? I think we need to look at the offensive side, though, real quick, because Deshaun Watson just lost his number one target. Will Fuller was on pace to have a record year uh, for himself, and now he's going. And so now we are going into a game with uh, no Randall Cobb still, just Brandon Cooks, Kiki QT, uh, Isaiah Kotler, um, and uh, uh, Stephen Mitchell. He's also activated as well. Um, and, and so going into this game, Cornell mentioned how he's going to have a good game because he's still a great quarterback, speaking about Deshaun Watson, but yeah. Indy has a very good defense. Will this be one of those rougher games for Watson because maybe he still does not have the familiarity throughout a course of four quarters with the rest of his uh, receivers outside of Cooks? Earlier in the week, I spoke about how Cooks is his is opener receiver, but damn, Will Fuller has been good as a closer. I mean, his, his numbers in the fourth and third quarter are much better than where they are in the first and second. Will he struggle Sunday because of the lack of uh, continuity with his receivers? I don't think it's so much the lack of continuity, honestly. I think it's more so that just Will Fuller is the most talented guy in the group, you know? And so missing that is going gonna, is gonna to factor in with, so we're going to couple that with, the fact that this is the better defense that they've played in the last few weeks. Like these last few weeks when we've been impressed with the offense, uh, I guess not counting the Cleveland game, but other than that, when we've been impressed with the offense, the defenses that they've gone against have just not been as good as this one. So when you factor that in and doggone it, why the Texans have to get, why couldn't the Texans get the Colts in that week that the Titans got them, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When they were shorthanded, when is the guy, the, their best guys not out there? You know what I'm saying? Uh, it would have been nice for the Texans to maybe get that kind of break, especially given what's happened to them this week. Now that they shorthanded, right? Uh, so, so I, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be more of an issue of talent 
losing some of your talent and then playing against a more talented defense. Again, going back to what I was mentioning before about the Colts defense um, and how they've gone from the 3-4 to the 4-3 from Pagano, from the Pagano days to how Matt Eberflus is kicking it. They're not trying to be exotic either. They're not trying to do a lot of stuff either. But what they are doing is I think Tim Kelly called it playing like the hair is on fire. I think that's a decent way to describe it. They fly to the ball. Um, they're disciplined, and it's it, it's a hell of a defense. So um, I think that's going to be more so why he struggles, just going up against a defense of this caliber and not having his main guy. I will say this, though, that as far as the offense goes, Deshaun has done an incredible job of spreading the ball around. You know, like Will Fuller's been amazing, but let's not act like, you know, at least the last few weeks, I, I had major questions about this earlier in the season. You know, I guess when their offense just kind of looked stagnant and it didn't really have an identity. But when he talks about, and when you ask him about the identity of the offense, the, one of the first things he mentions is spreading the ball around, and he's done that. Like, Jordan, the tight ends are getting involved. You see Jordan Akins is kind of, you know, coming back after the concussion and, uh, I forget what the other injury was he had, but he had the concussion and the other injury that as well, it was ankle. leg or ankle. Yeah, I was gonna say leg or ankle, and 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 that's looking better now. Re- receiver wise, I think it is significant to go from Will Fuller being your best receiver, which you know is makes it cool that Brandon Cooks is your second, but now Brandon Cooks is your first. We don't even really know who the second is. Like we we say it's Kiki QT, but now you just really got a hodgepodge of dudes. You know, that are just really right now just dudes. I like Kiki, don't get me wrong. Um, but you're not going to have him play out of position and move him out of the slot. That's a dude that already has enough, you know, past issues of processing things and, and, and being where he's supposed to be and things like that. You want to keep him where he's most comfortable. So it's not like you're going to shake up the offense and, you know, have Kiki going in places that he's not used to going in. So then you got to really see what what you what you're looking at and, Isaiah Coulter and, you know, is, is Chad Hansen a, a, a factor? One of the training camp gods, Tra- Chad Hansen, a dude that they talked about to death in training camp, and then he immediately went to the practice squad, and you've never heard anything about him since, you know? So I, I think that's what's going to be the major thing, but um, but I, I like Deshaun and what he's – like the adjustments he's made and the improvements that he's made to his game. So I don't think it's going to be – as devastating as, like, you know, how the offense looked early on in the year. Um, but it is going to be interesting to see what it looks like without Will Fuller. Because I feel like just not – even though Will Fuller's not necessarily a coverage dictator, I do feel like he is a major factor into your play calling, you know. Um, and Tim Kelly kind of spoke to this a little bit uh, on, on Thursday. But but that that, that is a factor, uh, having a guy like that. Um, and, and they obviously don't have it now. I'm going to ask you about this theory that I have. You know, we all know how crucial this offseason is. <laughs> and if the Texans do not get their top candidate, or more importantly, if the Texans do not get the Sean Watson top candidate, would you or would you not want to see them give the three-headed monsters, I'm calling them, Romeo Cannell, Tim Kelly, and Anthony Weaver, another chance at coaching this team. And I say that because ever since they have taken over, the record shows that they are a four and three. 
But if you take a look at those last seven games, they could have easily been five and two or in my or in my case, six and one. You know, they have had a lot of success and they looked really good. And you just talked about how good they have looked on both sides of the ball in, re- in recent weeks. Would you or would you not like to see what a full entire season, including a, an entire training camp would do with those three guys with this Houston Texans team? I respect what they've done. I honestly do. Um, I, I think it's been commendable. Um, I, I give them credit for, at the very least, changing things up. Um, they've got the, the – it seems like they legitimately have the pulse of the locker room and of the players. Um, I think I, – honestly, I think they're pretty good coaches. You know, I, I think it's easy to look at them as – uh, you know, kind of as flunkies because they're a part of the Bill O'Brien, like Bill O'Brien essentially brought all of them in, you know, even though, you know, Romeo's his own guy, Anthony Weaver's even his own guy. Uh, Tim Kelly's obviously a Bill O'Brien protege. So that even, that kind of even colors even more the view of Tim Kelly. It's like, you know, how much do you, can you believe in that guy if, if his whole reason for being here is because Bill O'Brien brought him here, you know? Um, I think it's easy to feel that way. But if you're fair about it, they've done pretty good. You know, like, I don't think it's a ridiculous point that you're making or, or idea. I don't think it's that crazy. But the reality of it is I, there, there is no way. There is no way. Because the only thing, the only hope that you have in the team right now is Deshaun Watson and the idea that you can bring people in here that are more tailored toward making him great, you know? The idea right now is whatever Bill O'Brien had going on and what Bill O'Brien had going on includes these coaches. The idea is that that wasn't what it was. That was not a perfect marriage with Deshaun Watson. And so here is a fresh opportunity you know, a fresh opportunity to, 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 to tap into that. And you got to take advantage of it. You cannot, you cannot allow the fact that things turned around a little bit to, to distract you from what your opportunity is. And, and, and if you want to step back and evaluate it and somehow you come away thinking that Romeo Cornell, at his, you know, at, at this stage of his career, is the best way to go and that two second year coordinators are the best way to go power to you good luck on selling that to the people who who were just so excited when you got rid of bill o'brien who thought that it was going to be a new day you know who saw sunshine for the first time and i don't know how long good luck on selling that to them good luck on that next season ticket holders zoom call that you have on explaining how all you did was get rid of Bill O'Brien, but you kept, you kept everybody else like fair or unfair. I don't think that's going to be an easy sell at all. So I, I don't think it's, it's all that realistic to do it. I don't think it's outrageous to think of it, but it ain't happening, man. It ain't happening. They, they're, they are going to take this opportunity to get exactly exactly what they think 
goes perfectly with Deshaun Watson. And, and hey, the, the weird part is maybe that's Tim Kelly. Maybe it's the coordinators. Maybe the coordinators do stay. Like, it depends on, like, if they get a defensive coach, you know, I don't know uh, it, it, what they do with, with Anthony Weaver. But I could see a defensive coach keeping Tim Kelly. You know what I mean? I could see that happening. If they get an offensive coach, yeah, you know what? I could see either way the, 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 uh, a coach keeping Tim Kelly. Um, so, so, so I think that's interesting because of his relationship with Deshaun Watson. But that's what it's all going to come down to, man. What does Deshaun Watson want? We, we, we've seen – and I know y'all have talked to, to, uh, to, to Quincy Avery in the past, but we've seen him on social media like openly lobby for Eric Bieniemy. We know how close he is to Deshaun. And then on Thursday, you know, a question asked to Justin Reed about the the NFL's initiatives and in tr trying to get more minority head coaches and general managers out there. Um, he just kind of mentions in passing that he's rooting for Eric Bieniemy, whether that's here or elsewhere, or elsewhere, and that he'd love to have him. You know, so, you know, the, those are two players. The, them the two guys right there that you can link the two guys from your, from your H-E-B commercials that you can link to Eric B enemy. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you two H-E-B commercials. They're awful. They're awful commercials. I hate those commercials those, so bad. But, but, but those two guys are in the commercial for a reason, not by accident. Cause, cause they matter. You know what I mean? Or at least they matter to them as bad as the commercials are. So, uh, so yeah, man, I, I think that what you're looking at is some, something new happening. You know, I will say this. The likelihood of all three of those guys or two out of three staying, it doesn't make – for me, it, it's not going to happen because they're, they're going to have to hire a general manager first. There's no way you can say we're going to create a new atmosphere and select your coaches before – your general managers, but we have a few minutes left. Predictions for Sunday's game, Brandon. Yeah, man, it's going to be hard for me to pick the Texans, uh, even though they've been playing so much better. Um, I, I, I really like what I saw against the Lions, but got to remember, it was a lot of Will Fuller in that game. You're not going to have that. So, yeah, man, I got the Colts winning this one. I'm going to call it 3521 Colts over the Texans. Looking for the best bets heading into Sunday's NFL action? Listen to Locked On NFL every Friday as your boy Q and Bo Brock are joined by betting expert and analyst from Action Network. Get your full weekend preview and Sunday six pack of winning bets every Friday on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. And then, of course, next week, just to tease at the show, Monday, we have our game recaps. We have to talk about what we saw on Sunday with the next five games end of this season. Signing off, it's John, some sports guy, Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook as well. And follow me on Twitter as well at some sports guy. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.
You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.